So the public comment is just was written, it was so we just we don't really talk about it. This correct. We would have to wait a month for someone to come or to put it on the agenda. We could put it on the agenda okay. next month. Yeah. Or we could talk about it with during our comments. Okay. You know, at the end. Right. Well, a lot of times when there's public comments, sometimes staff needs time to review. So uh -huh. people come before the board. You know, we have to allow staff time to, right, to, to do the research, research or yeah. whatever it is that they're asking. In this case, I think we could probably mean, I think Lindsay's going to address some okay. of that in her, okay. in her executive or the yeah. director's yeah. comments. Um, and mainly because it, it, it deals with that whole process. Right. So don't cover some of that in there. Okay. Okay. So, um, uh, first item here is introduction of new board members. So, Vicki Kaliakos, I'd like to, from the health department, I'd like to welcome you, Vicki, and maybe you could say a little something about your background. Thank you. Um, good evening, everyone. I'm Vicki Kaliakos. Um, as John mentioned, um, I am director of policy and planning at Morris Douglas County Public Health. Um, I also am faculty at KU Med Center, um, Butlin here in Lawrence. Um, my background is entirely in public health. 
So part of what shapes my interest here is about equitable opportunities for um, healthy living and good opportunities, which seems central to the Parks and Rec board. So I'm thrilled to be here. And if we might go around the room and introduce yourselves to Oh, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> Vicky knows me. I'm right. John Nervandian. We're on the health board together. I'm Sam Thomas. You might tell a little bit uh, how long you've been on the board and what uh, you've been on the board a little less than a year, not super long. Um, kind of here representing the Lawrence Skaters Association. It's kind of my gig board, but yeah. Okay, Jack. Jackie Becker. I'm on the board. I think it's been five years, and uh, I come from kickball, swimming, <laughs> live music. I like sports. <laughs> I love it. You know, I like. Val so. <laughs> Renault, I've been I think I've been on the board the same amount of time, five years, and been really impressed with our commitment around this table to equity because because I think that is a, something that the city cares about too. So that comes seems to come up a lot. We met and Lindsay Hart, interim director. Mark Baker, assistant director. And Marilyn Hull, um, retired person. I've been on the board for five years. Um, I like Jackie. I do a lot of activities myself, um, and kind of have a special interest in trails. Roger. Yeah. Okay. And we're our Neil, assistant director for arts and culture. Andrea. Hello. Uh, good to have you, Andrea Chavez. Um, I think I just got renewed for a three-year term and I filled in for somebody else's. So, um, but uh, I work for Peasley Tech and so we um, kind of have a partnership there with economic development, parks and rec. Um, and also I do a lot of different uh, sports through City of Lourdes too. Thank you, Andrea. And Betty Booth is not here tonight, so she is of the board chair, um, Amber Nichols has resigned, right? right. She was on the way, right? Uh, and I don't know why I did that. When we moved that to number three, somehow that got mixed up when I was doing the agenda. So, oh. but we can do both two and four since Nick's not here. Usually we move the presentation bias thing on the, the list, but because you didn't know anybody, I thought it would be important that that, and Nick's not here tonight, and Porter's going to fill in to do that. So let's go ahead and just do two and four, and then presentation oh, after that. So go ahead, continue with what you were saying. With the board. Oh, so we're going to yes. do that thing. <laughs> We're going to do both of them, though. Oh, okay, the board chair and the vice chair. You got it. Okay, so... Let's do a chair first, okay? And I received no inquiries from anybody that had an interest. I did get inquired and say, did anybody do this? And that's the only one I got, so. <laughs> okay, so who wants to be? <laughs> I've already done it, so. <laughs> so there are five of us, well, six of us, including Andrea, and then how many are missing? We have Betty, who is off right now. I mean, she's, well, she's not here. And then we have one appointee that hasn't been made yet. Um, so this is everybody but right. Betty. Correct. Okay. And she just joined us, right? Correct. But she has a background. A yeah. She was going to try to join us, but she said it was spotty. 
the connection with Spotty where she's at. So. And people can do it in two years, yes? Well, oh, yeah. So. People can do it in two years, yeah. It's up to the board. John, are you willing to serve another year? <laughs> sure. I'd be glad to. If it's okay, okay with me. I would like to nominate John Nobandian. Jackie Becker, I'd love to second that. It's been moved and seconded to extend the term of John Nobandian for a year as board chair. Um, any discussion? All in favor, say aye. Aye. It's a train night here. Wow. <laughs> okay, well, well said. Well, congratulations, John. <laughs> okay, so now, um, Vice Chair. Um, let's see. Uh, Andre, you, uh, Andre and you guys, you haven't served yet? You want to... Want to go for it? Now, are you yeah. interested? Okay. <laughs> and I don't know about that either. We may want to postpone it until next. I mean, we can always table it until next month if you want more people ben here. Might be and I don't know what her interest is as well. But if there is somebody interested, I don't want to derail that either. I think, you know, we have a vice chair right now presently. No, no, it wasn't. It was Amber. Oh, Amber left. Yeah, that's right. Well, we can we can postpone it, and that's up to the board. Yeah, I'm just throwing out options for you. Um, so I, I was, you know, I'm thinking that the skate park is going to be a big deal. I think coming up, you want to. <laughs> there, there is a possibility I might be relocating for work. Uh, it's not, I, I didn't want to talk about it because <laughs> not, there's nothing concrete yet, but I don't want to commit to something and then be like, hey, i got to get out of here because that wouldn't be very uh, okay. uh, productive. Okay, so we'll, uh, we'll push it down the line a little bit. Uh, I would be willing to serve as vice chair. Oh. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and Jackie Backer, I second that. Okay, all right. Or do we need a first vote? Or, yeah, I'll okay, second it. Okay, then I'm first. Then. <laughs> okay, um, Andre, you okay with you okay with that too? You haven't spoken up a little bit. Yeah, I think Marilyn would be a great vice chair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. Any opposed? No. So congratulations. Thanks, Mayor. Thank you, Mayor. Okay. So um, we're going to talk about the Lawrence Music Alliance, right? So Yes. And I'm going to, Nick Carswell was going to be here to do this, but he couldn't make it tonight. So I had, um, I had the chance to see this with um, Fally Afani with the Art Commission last week, so I thought, well, I can at least step up and get this out. So um, it's interesting that there are numerous cities right now really looking into music as part of their ecosystem. 
And the recognition here with the help of people like Nick Carswell and others is you know, that we talk a lot about visual arts, but not so much about music from the city's perspective. And who is Nick Carswell? Oh, I'm sorry. Nick Carswell is a local um, resident who also is the, um, the engine behind Carswell and Hope, which is a local band. Uh, but he's also immersed in cultural things. I've known Nick since I was in Kansas City, so oh, okay. he's really great in oh, this kind of thing. And he also works at um, Kansas Public Radio and Audio Reader. Oh, okay. Um, so, okay. Um, so he's great. He will be around, and he's also leading the charge in creating the Lawrence Music Alliance, which is really taking the lead in this effort um, to do a music census. And so with that, um, we have partnered with Nick along with the state Kansas Creative Arts Industries Commission and others you'll see here to do this music census with, um, it's a company called Music Census, and they're working with us to help us do this. And as it says here, to understand and support our music e ecosystem. So, and Sound Music Cities is helping us do that. And we do have a web page, which is there as well too, so you can check it out and get more information. Let me go through this and then. Um... So it's pretty straightforward. The purpose is to gain a better understanding of Lawrence, Kansas's music community. Um, this is the first time we've done any sort of data collection at this level for policy development. The lead partners are Lawrence Music Alliance, Sound City, City of Lawrence, Explore Lawrence, and local collaborators. Explore Lawrence is here as well. plan to launch. So what we're doing now is getting the word out and building the campaign. <clears throat> we plan to launch the um, survey, census survey on March 1st and go through March 22nd. We have an option then to extend it as well if we don't feel like we got enough responses from that. Um, the type of questions are demographics, occupation types, perspective on diversity, equity, and belonging. Um, there's no questions about personal or business income, so it's really a, a, an, an anonymous option. And um, we have a privacy assurance, all anonymous responses, no personal identifiers or IP addresses collected in this day and age. That should be really important. Um, we're also seeking community engagement partners, so anybody in the music realm that wants to help us with this can certainly jump on board. And the webpage actually has a place where people can um, submit their interest in that area. Basically, everybody's going to be more than welcome. The responsibilities to that are to help us distribute the survey and promote it on social media, which I'm sure many people will be willing to do. Um, the benefits are inclusive representation in the survey results and a sneak peek of data. And um, we will also give the logo, uh, their logo, onto our webpage. Um, the lead partners currently, as I mentioned, Lawrence Music Alliance, City of Lawrence, Explore Lawrence, Renata, Bottleneck, Kansas Creative Arts Industries Commission at this point. Um, and our community partner group, I Heart Local Music, KU School of Music, and Silly Youth Records, which makes that one. So the eligibility of this is, can you slide that one? Yeah. Basically, anybody 18 years or older in the Lawrence Douglas County area involved in the music industry. Um, qualification, all contributors, regardless of compensation or job type. So that's really key, is that you don't have to be making money as a musician to contribute to this sense, it's really that broad in that sense. Um, and so all you have to do is call yourself a musician. Basically, if you if you feel like you're in the music industry in some way, shape, or form as a musician or as somebody helping with tech and that kind of thing, we want to hear from you. Um, and there's an option to provide information on if you have, a lot of people wear multiple hats in the music industry, I bet Jackie can speak to that. 
Um, so production, I mean, help me, production, musician, tech, um, stage stuff. Um, there's a litany of things that go on with it, sort of music, live music um, situation. So that's who we're looking for, is anybody involved in the music industry. And it's not necessarily just local. We also want to hear people from, from people regionally, because obviously we draw people here who play in, in Lawrence but may not live here. Go ahead. Um, so, oh, we have a media, I'm not sure what she was referencing with distribution, but obviously we have a media toolkit, we have the web page, so anything anybody would need, we'd be happy to, to get that to you. And as I said, if you want to put your logo on the website, all you have to do is say, we want to be a partner. And then the results will be released in May. So we hope to get the survey completed by March, end of March. Um, they will review all the data in April, and that's the Sound Music Cities group. And then we'll release the information in May. Just to everybody will have access to that information. So we're really excited about the opportunity for this. And if you have any questions, you can ask me now or email Lawrence Music Alliance at gmail.com. So we're really excited about this. I'm glad it's happening now uh, in conjunction with the um, Parks, Recreation, Arts, and Culture Comprehensive Plan. Like I said, this was presented to the Art Commission. Nick has actually come to the Art Commission prior uh, to bring them up to speed. And now that you all are sort of going to be immersed in arts and culture, we thought it would be good to bring it here as well. Please, if anybody has thoughts, ideas, we're looking for help. Um, I've got the city helping with social media when we're pushing out the survey. We're just coordinating that effort. So all hands on deck to really try to get this as broadly spread um, so we can get as, as much good information as possible. And particularly talking about equity, reaching into those nooks and crannies in the community that may not be tuned into this as well and trying to get folks that represent those different communities um, who have trust in those communities because there may be, you know, sometimes people are a little skittish when, when something like this happens. So helping those people understand what we're doing and hoping that they will help convey that to their community. Yeah, Val Renault, board member. So the goal right now is just a census. Okay, so we don't know what goal comes after that or what. Right, this is really just a research effort to really kind of get a glimpse of what's really going on in our music community. We know that we're a, a music town, we are. but what does that mean? And what, who's represented in that, who's active in that, all those questions that we really just don't have. I'm, I'm sure we can all take guesses at it, but it's good to do something like this to get a really clear picture of what's going on. Marilyn Hull, board member, what, what's the incentive for people to uh, be counted? Mm -hmm. Again, I think it really is just to, so we're looking at what we have, looking at the whole music ecosystem. Um, with Nick working with Lawrence Music Alliance, he's trying to hear from all these different folks who are involved in this area to determine what are some of the needs and that type of thing. So basically it's just one would be informational, but it also may be we need a grant program for musicians or we need some kind of professional development opportunities. Are we you know, providing all the resources that our local musicians need? That kind of thing. So really getting close to that. Like that, like I said, we, we have a sense of this with our visual arts groups, but we really don't know that this has been affected with the um, with the musicians' world in our town. So that's the reason we have 
Jackie Becker, I have a lot of questions. Uh, first off, uh, is this just related to live music or all kinds of music, like recorded music or theater music or radio or all, all music? Okay. Yeah. Uh, is it just this? Because you said it can be anyone filling it out. So it's not just the city of Lawrence. Is it the county, the state, or, or why are you asking other people to? Basically, anybody working in Lawrence. I mean, obviously, we want to focus on Lawrence and Douglas County. Um, we, we believe that will be most of the information, but like I said, if somebody's coming from, you know, Topeka or Kansas City or anywhere in the region, we want to hear from them as well. So when you say working, does that include touring musicians then that come through and perform or no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then lastly, how, um, is it only online or are you going to be, you know, keeping in terms of equity, is it going to be having this, these questions available in other places where music happens? That's a good question. At this point, I believe that they plan to do it online only. We, had a, we actually met today, and one of the discussions we had is they are working to make it um, bilingual, so they want to have a Spanish version of the survey as well. Um, whether or not we can do a print version or something and get that to people, I'm sure they probably can, but I don't know for sure, so let me check on that. That's a good question. Yeah, I think that would be critically important to yes. getting as many, as, as you say, pockets. Well, I think right. we're missing people if it's assumed you can have internet and can answer questions like that. Right. So we right. definitely push for that if we could have alternatives yeah. like a library or something like that, a, a common meeting place where people could respond. Yeah, that's, we've done that before. Yeah. We'll have paper surveys available for libraries. Yeah, but though the online survey makes the data analysis a lot easier. Right. Right. Check the box. Well, and, and you know, so many people have access in different ways, so it's usually a good way to go. But you sure. as well taken for those because we really do want to hear from as many people as possible. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. More to come. What What else is happening on the arts culture? scene that's relevant to Parks and Rec, you know? Um, you know, Amanda Golden has been working with the conference team, so they've, they've been putting together information and ideas about what they're going to propose as a part of the comprehensive plan. Yeah. I don't have all the details on that at this point, but that's certainly going to be a big part of what's happening. And we, we have the public meeting coming up, so we'll learn more about what UTC has discovered on the arts and cultural side of things as well. Okay. Great. Okay, uh, let's see, I guess we're now at the 2024 Capital Improvements Fund. I'm not up the, the Excel file first. Excel, okay. Oh, whoops, sorry, I'm going share, I forgot. <laughs> These projects have been funded. I mean, this, yeah. this is going to have, this is. Yeah, I'll show you the, okay. some of the. So Mark Hecker, Assistant Director of Parks and Recreation. Um, I think previous meetings we had talked about, you wanted to kind of see what was going on with CFP. So I'm just gonna give you a little bit of an overview of where we're at today and where we're headed. This is our project list. So bigger projects that hit CIP are $100,000 and more. So I wanted to give you a, a little view of 2023 because some of these aren't done yet. So the skate park improvement project is complete. We hope to have a ribbon cutting here in the next week or two. Um, that's turned out really well. We did a walkthrough kind of in the middle of the snow season there where they got it constructed, the snowed eight inches so nobody could use it. So then as soon as it melted, we did a final walkthrough. It's pretty much open now and people are using it. So heard really good comments on it. So I'm pretty excited to get the city commissioners out and do a little ribbon cutting ceremony coming up. 
other ones that aren't nearly as glamorous is the Sewage Lagoon at the Eagle Bend Golf Course. Nobody really cares about that one, but it's almost the same money. So that one will finish uh, probably the next probably two to three weeks. Eagle Bend Golf Course, we're replacing the whole pump system on the irrigation, which is a kind of a big deal project because we had to shut it down in the fall and we have to get it back up by March 1. But that's a complete replacement of the whole pumping system that runs all the irrigation on the golf course. So that one's pretty close. We're within two weeks of finishing that one. We just had a final um, construction meeting today. Uh, Lawrence Loop, this is one I'm going to talk about a little bit. Um, this one is a preliminary design of the space on the Lawrence Loop from 7th Street to Constant Park. So the Cal River Commons group started that design back in uh, 2020-ish. It's been studied since 2019. There was an alignment study done with that. So, and I'll get into more detail, but basically where we're headed is, we're headed to the city commission tomorrow to request their approval to submit a grant for a $21 million grant project that would close that loop section from 7th Street to Constant. A lot of study has been done with it, a lot of discussion about what's the right route, what's the wrong route. The main thing is taking an opportunity to apply for a very large grant at a federal dollars that wouldn't cost the city money. So that's the opportunity that we'll be talking about at the commission meeting tomorrow. So those are 23 projects. As we move to 24, and I will show you a picture of this one, but our biggest project is out of the youth sports complex. We're um, installing some artificial turf on some of the soccer football fields. This says four. We actually ended up down at three. So it's going to determine uh, how we come in on bids. We may do two or we may do three. So we have $3.6 million. This is something we've been working with the user groups. So we have three different soccer groups and a football group. We've been kind of walking through the process as we went through. So we're pretty excited about that. This will be the first venture into artificial turf and also we'll have lights on these fields. That's going to be big for the local groups, but also allows us to do more with tournaments and, and elite play that gets into the, you know, the evening hours of the week during the week. This one is a bigger project that you'll see over three or four years. So this is a renovation of the outdoor aquatic center. So coming up in a couple of years, we'll be 30 years old down there. There's a lot of things structurally that the pool bed's moving, the pump systems are getting old, so a lot of things are tired. Um, it's a $6.5 million project total. What we're starting with this year is just getting public engagement started. So it's going to be a pretty interesting public engagement because everybody has very specific needs for their pool. So it matters if you have kids or if you're a lap swimmer or you do fitness. So it'll be a, a, an engaging process. So we've hired an architectural firm that has aquatics specialist, and they also have a, a public engagement specialist. Haven't met with them yet. We're just doing the contract right now. So that's that $250,000. Lions Park, um, we're doing a shelter over there. So it basically, if you remember, we did the splash pad, and the playground is about half done. So this will complete the three steps of that pool park renovation. That one probably go back right about in the same spot is the old one, just modernize it. If you haven't been over there and really looked at it, that one has holes in the roof and it's not in great shape. So then trails, we continue to look at, you know, the city commission a couple of years ago said, hey, we want to finish the Lawrence Loop. So these are segments of the loop. This one is actually clear over on South Iowa where when KDOT comes through to finish that other leg of the KDOT or the K-10, this will be a trail that will go up and over the 50, Highway 59. 
Oh. So it's being designed with the highway expansion. So I don't know if we'll spend it this year or not, but the money's allocated for it. So that'll come up. Um, this one is a continuation of the other one. So this allocates a little bit of money just for, you know, we had it up here. This one allocates a little bit of money. But like I said, we're shooting for $21 million on a bigger project. So that money may or may not get spent. This one is a lingering one that, um, if you remember, we went from Peterson Road over by the Hallmark plant and got over to Michigan. So that we stopped at Michigan, we need to get over to Santa Shaw Park. So these are closing other parts of the loop. Um, this money is allocated. We're currently in property acquisition, to, trying to get a route through there. So some other things have gotten in the way or, you know, the, the pallet village out there got placed right next to it. So that kind of changed the route a little bit. Um, hopefully the property acquisition will happen in the next, I'm going to say, month or two, and then we can move on to construction with that. What I wanted to show you a little bit, because we're working on the CIP from 25 through 29 right now, so when we look at, you know, how did we fare the last time we went through this, these are unfunded projects, so they're sitting in there as proposed CIPs, but they weren't funded. So you'll see on these lists that there's a whole bunch of things that that we felt are important, but there's only so much money. So, you know, we got a pretty big chunk here. So that's that I'm really happy with. You know, this one was a public engagement one where the, the pickleball group actually submitted their own project. So that wasn't one we submitted, we supported them, kind of walked them through the process. But, you know, starting to get further into turf, you know, arts and culture, this is one Porter and I worked on that, you know, if we're gonna have an arts and culture program, we might, might wanna think about creating some budget to do some things. So that one was one we first threw in last year and didn't wasn't funded, but I think there's potential going forward. What's happening on all of these, so there's an unfunded list on all of these years. So the goal is to start shifting those down to the 2028 and 2029 and not let them just fall off. So we just keep moving them down. But you look here in 25, you start picking up more of the outdoor aquatic centers. So it's another 250,000 for design. And then we put a million into construction. So that starts the construction. Then we finish the construction down here in 26. So that's how that one's working a little bit. Uh, water Tower Park, this is one we promised the neighborhood when the water tower got relocated up there. That relocation of the water tower is supposed to happen by October of this year. So we went ahead and put money in to revamp the park after all the construction's done. So that'll be a real good public engagement. We've engaged them quite a bit, but then we said, you know, we're a year and a half off. So we kind of put a pause on it, but we'll bring it back as, as we get closer to 25. Uh, sports complex, continuing to improve that complex and just starting to get it, you know, put some asphalt in where we have gravel. This one has been lingering for quite a while. So we have an ADA concern at community building where our ADA access is actually at the back of the building. Our security, securing is up at the front of the building. So it's a little bit of an unsecured entrance, but it's our only way accessible for ADA. So what we'd like to do is get either move the security entrance to the elevator or move the elevator up to the front of the building. So we'll see how that goes. That that price tag has gone up multiple times each time we delay it. So, but something needs to be done. This is another. The last section of the Lawrence Loop is not northwest. So we wanted to get everything in the CIP. So this is northwest. This is going from Queens Road over to Castle, which we have, actually have a route. Some of it details going through some farmland, so there'd be property acquisitions. 
It's the only one that's not inside the city limits, so it's it's fringing out into the county a little bit. Yeah. So that's why we pushed it down the list a little further. If we can solve the downtown one, that's the most difficult one. The one from Sanders Shaw over to Peterson, second most difficult. The one that way out west, let's just well, pick a route and go. So that one's going to be <clears throat> fairly easy. You know, if you look at unfunded here, you start seeing things like the waiting pool switching into a splash pad. Eagle Bend Golf Course, the driving range has a pretty good drainage issue where, you know, if we get a lot of rain, it becomes a swamp out there. Um, some of these things are we're trying to add. So sports pavilion, we're 10 years old out there. So some of the fitness equipment really needs to get replaced. Say, so, yeah, it's October this year, it's 10 years old. So we're, we're talking about having some type of ceremony or something. It, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I, I'm a little shocked. It's like, wow, that 10 years went really quickly. Yeah, that's good. These are not glamorous things, but the tractors that we mow the levy with is about $165,000 per shot. So it becomes a CIP item. Outdoor Aquatic Center finishing there, and community building finishing up that renovation. So that's kind of over two years. This one, cemetery maintenance shops, one that we've talked about for years. We just kind of keep pushing it back and back and back. Those buildings just keep getting older and older. So at some point you have to just, you know, basically bite the bullet and go do the project. So. These are more downtown centered, and you can see we're projecting to fund those with guest tax. So right now this is in the CIP. So we finish up the Queens Road Trail there. But what happens in 28, currently there's not a single project funded in 28, so that's not a good thing. So what we want to do is start trying to rescue some of these. And, and what a lot of them were is as we scored them, they didn't score high enough to get into the funding, so it didn't score high enough to get into the money. So we need to go in and look at the whole project write-up. Each one of these has a three or four page project write-up that is scored against the city's uh, strategic plan. So if, if we can change the scoring or something that's written there that wasn't giving us the appropriate score, we can move it up. Some of them may just fall off just because they aren't meeting the strategic plan. So and that's a little concerning sometimes. But you can see here, these are more, get some of the facilities added onto expansion of the rec centers, expansion of the nature center, indoor aquatic center. We've talked about, you know, we aren't great for accommodating swim meets because we don't have enough spectator space. So <laughs> then blank slate in 29. So. The finance department, if we play the game exactly the way they wanted, any new project would go in 28, 29, not 25, 26, or 27, because those are already in a funding program. So that was a whole lot of information. When does the new plan, uh, the comprehensive plan, when does it kick in? We're working on it now, so we're hoping to merge these. So right now, the, the consultants doing the comprehensive plan have the CIP as written. So the 24 through 28 one. So they should be merging anything that was funded into the into our comprehensive plan. Now the things they don't have are the unfunded things. So like I know the South Park waiting pool is not going to go much longer. We're going to have to do something significant with it because we're having pipes break underneath and everything else. So our plan is to switch that to a splash pad. You take away the, the staffing issue. It's able to open longer hours, that sort of thing. So that's what we need to keep on the consultant with is, okay, you have what was funded, but there's others that 
probably need to be on your so part of their <clears throat> planning and calculations will incorporate some of what's up here already yeah so part of the comprehensive plan is to actually come up with a little bit of a, the, the cip here's some projects that really should happen in the next five to ten years so obviously we're working in a five-year window so sometimes those those little more extravagant things like we have an indoor turf facility on here for seven million that may get put out past this current cip so it's maybe year six seven eight but still a need so if, if the public interaction says, yes, we do need that, then they'll put it in to a, a CIP plan that shoots out into the future a little further. Or they may say, hey, this is the most important thing and you need to reorder everything. Uh, Mrs. Marilyn Hall, is there any chance that the comprehensive plan is gonna identify something that you don't already have on the list? Absolutely, and that's what's actually good about the public engagement process we're doing with that. that we may think we should be going here and the public's going, but you missed this completely. So pickleball five years ago when we did the other plan wasn't even anywhere on the radar. So now we know something has to happen with pickleball because we don't have adequate facilities. So I think through this process, it'll identify pickleball as a need both indoor and outdoor and something else. Trails will always finish number one. It seems like every survey we do is, is the, the highest need, highest, highest demand which is great. And you know, this plan currently shows that, that there's so much demand for trails and that's where a lot of the money's going to. So is there high demand for sports facilities? We aren't hearing it as much. We used to earlier, 15 years ago or so, we were hearing, we don't have enough gyms, we don't have enough anything. So sports building got built, we've kind of fixed that. You know, outdoor turf, artificial turf is a kind of a big deal right now. A lot of these teams are traveling around building other complexes and we aren't up to the speed. So yeah, I, I'll be interested as we go through the public process what comes up that we don't know about. Hopefully we're not surprised, but we can be. Okay. I actually have one last question though. I saw the unfunded 2% for arts projects. Is that something that we are gonna to try to keep putting in every year? And yeah, I mean- Since it's all been combined, yeah. I, mean, I feel like that should have always be in there right now. So in 1986, the resolution was passed that allocated up to 2%, but there's one word in there that's tricky, which is the city commission may set aside up to this amount. Um, as part of that, there is a mechanism in there to figure this out. You have to go back to the previous year's CIP, look for eligible projects, and of those eligible projects, what's the number? So that's what I did to get that number. Um, but as Mark pointed out, it wasn't, it didn't pass muster for this round. So that's something that Amanda and her group are looking at because that, that resolution has actually been reaffirmed, I think, four times since 1986. So, you know, there's interest in public art, but we're just not doing it proactively. So she's looking at maybe strengthening the policy or something along that those lines to make that occur. Other questions? Let me show you a pretty picture. <laughs> uh, Roger, where's the, yeah, the first one over here? Yeah, you're talking about Andrea's picture. You need yeah, to, you need to share. You got to go back to share. Okay, okay, okay. Close that. Oh no, you just close the mirror. Yeah, here, just do it. Okay. Or the 
that I close it completely. You close it completely. Yeah, I see it. It was really cool for a second. It's so great. It's a quartz. I think it's gone. You can save it over here. Where did it go? Sorry. Oh, no, it's over here. Okay. Then we go back here. Share this pretty picture. Okay. Build a Roger. Okay, so that's the master plan of YSC and the fields we're talking about building out there. So that's conceivably the the three point six million dollars. Um, point or second, Roger. Oh. <laughs> don't close it. Yeah, don't close it. <laughs> so our initial project is fields one and fields two. So these are full size soccer fields with four cross fields. What our goal is is to make sure these are done right. So we're going to level them light them, put new parking in, new sidewalks, new landscape. If we have money, we want to go to this third field. So I think we might get the turf in, but I'm not sure we'll get the lights in for the 3.6 million. But as we worked with the user groups, they're like, well, let's put the whole complex. And well, I'd like to do that too, but that's a little more money than we have. You'll also notice this back exit here is kind of a big component of this. So we know when we run baseball, softball tournaments and soccer at the same time, we don't have enough capacity to get people in and out of there. So this is um, this is a temporary road. As KDOT builds K10, they're gonna put a new drainage way right through here. It'll connect into the emergency exit on the spillway. So, as soon as this gets built, which will be late 24, early 25, we're going to change this road to go right here. Is this west of the... West of the, the complex. Okay. Yeah. Where are the kickball fields? Yeah, we're there. Yeah, I wish I would have pulled up that big picture. So you're clear the west end of the complex. So, so that's nothing right now. It's just field. The, these are six fields right now. Yeah. So these are six soccer fields. These are football fields, one, two, three, four. And the dog, the mutt runs to the? Way over here. And so then six yes. to eight, seven o'clock. Six to eight would be in the west, then past the, the, the road there in the green area. Is that your YSC fields, six to eight the, there? These are currently all YSC fields. So we're, we're bulldozing six fields here and coming back with turf. Mm -hmm. Is this where the, the where the little kids play? They're way over here. Okay. Gotcha. So, so where's YSC one through four complex? There. Okay, this is the parking lot for it. So those ball diamonds are over here. Okay. Sorry, I should have okay. a bigger view. Okay. Twenty seventh Street's right here. Got it. Okay, so then six to eight is the south area over here. Okay, I got yeah. it. Now. Then there's baseball. So these are the football fields, and there's yeah. other four other diamonds down here. And the city commission next running an extra exit through the mutt run, right? Yes. Yes. So that'll show up a little more problematic as the K10 construction starts because the first phase of that will be to reconstruct that intersection that goes across. Mm -hmm. So if you recall or you may not know, K10 is going up and Walker's is going under. So as that happens, the, the routing to these complexes will be really interesting. You'll be going all over the city to get around to the complexes. So. I'm really excited about this. This is going to be a big, big upgrade to new sports and even having the lights. So, you know, a night like this, we can have kids out playing mm -hmm. where before, you know, 530, we got to cut it off. So but the user groups are pretty excited about it too. Good.
Thank you. Thank you very much, Mark. Okay, let's, uh, oh, concern uh, board members, item of interest. So, let's see, Val, you wanted to say something about Oh, yeah, I just agreed that it would be nice to have reports on what the public said when they came to those meetings, which is what they were asking for in the email. I, I'm not sure if those reports would change or influence anything. I mean, I guess what they want to know is how seriously their opinions are being taken. Well, you know, I was thinking about that, and I think that they are utilizing more data than we realize. Mm -hmm. So the you know the the the, the model cities that they were Corvallis and whatever and then all of the other all the other stuff we've been considering in all the public meetings, if we expected them to report on every single engage you know engagement with data that they had, um, that would really kind of They'd be spending a lot of time, a lot of time yeah. sharing rather than integrating. Because I think that, to me, that the key is, is their ability to integrate what's being said rather than, yeah, this and this and this. No, it's the totality of it, I think. And how will those citizens know that their input was considered? I think, personally, I think that's... That's where the public comment after we have something to look at. And did they did they say when they were going to give us the results? Yeah, thank you. I mean, I was going to give an update, yeah. but let's do it now. Let's do it now. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, all good questions, and I mean, even personally, this is my first time going through a master plan, a comprehensive plan, so I'm thinking the same thing and learning a lot as we go along the way. And I know Mark and Porter have been, um, and Roger, I'm looking at. <laughs> what I'm going to say. Um, I've been through this before, but yeah, I think John, um, you, your point is valid in that they are gathering data and information from so many different places, and they are working on getting it all compiled. And so the first, they had the the uh, first open house back in October. And then they had the uh, statistically valid survey went out, um, and then they had an online version of it that we asked actually to leave it open until the end of January. So they are just now compiling those results. Um, so coming up as far as uh, the timeline, they have uh, the steering committee is February 20th, so they're going to be meeting with the steering committee next week, um, and they will kind of have their first draft recommendation to review with the steering committee, which was you know, which is our, our main um, group that, and they haven't met, you know, in a few months. And so this will be the first kind of blush with some of the data. And then the next open house is two days later on February 22nd. And so they will have information to share at that next open house. Uh, meanwhile, they, um, we have the results back of the ETC survey. So the, the statistically valid survey, and we have asked them to give a presentation to the city uh, commission on March 19th. So that data is going to be presented. It's just going to be pre presented from ETC. It's not going to, our consultants 
don't plan to give an update because they're so close to the end. They're working with that information, but they're working on their recommendation, which will come later. So this is just a chance. We wanted to share the results of the data. It'll just be the numbers, the raw data, no interpretation, just here you go. Here's how people answered. Here's what they have. So that is coming uh, on March 19th. Um, and so again, all these uh, different pieces that they're gathering along the way are helping them um, inform their recommendation. And so as far as timelines, um, the the first, I think, review that they would present to staff, and then I assume at some point the advisory board would be in late March. Um, and then I think their original timeline was to have their final plan ready by mid-April. Um, I don't know if we're, I feel like we might be a little behind on that. Um, another piece to that is getting our new director hired. And I, I know there's been conversation about waiting to get the new director on board before the final you know, plan is presented. Um, so we, we might have to push that off a little bit, but I think we're still tracking um, pretty close to where we should be. Do you no, I'll, I'll just add that because I've been through a couple of these, but basically it's collecting information and then they come back with recommendations. So it'll come back to the steering committee of here's what we heard both in public meetings, survey, trends analysis, all these pieces they're trying to put together. So, and that's where the steering committee gets to engage a little bit, go, wow, that's perfect, or wow, you're way off. So that allows that to be informed then it goes back to public again so that they can see kind of what's being recommended and you'll have people raise your hand and go, hey, you forgot about this, or hey, that's great, that's perfect. Yeah. You know every public meeting always has a little bias usually, depends on who showed up to the meeting right. as to how many stickers got stuck on which ones. So they use that, but they don't say that's their only piece of information, which is good because you know if the golf people didn't show up that night, and it looks like nobody cares about golf. Well, we know that's not true. So I think the process will, will pan out really well as we go forward. And I would recommend attending the next open house and, and talking with the consultants because I think they're happy to share that information and the individual data. And I know the, the public comment we received was specifically about that first open house and we want to see the dots and all that. So again, I think it, it's not necessarily part of the plan to actually share the, every time they get the, that information, but uh, if you want to come to the next open house, I think they'd be happy to talk about you know what they're seeing and, and what came out of that. So um, I definitely think it's, it's fine to ask. And, uh, and just a reminder that um, Porter's deeply involved with the steering committee, right? Well, uh, not, I mean, just helping to facilitate it. Well, yeah, so, that's, what yeah. I, that's what I meant. And then yeah. I'm, I'm on the You're on the committee. On the okay. I thought committee. Yeah. It almost sounded like they just wanted some acknowledgement, you know, like, I don't know if they want a picture on the Facebook page or. Well, I will say, too, that a lot of times the data that's that's gathered is in the report in the back in the appendices and things so it is referenced now with a public meeting it's a little bit tricky i mean in terms of some of those boards and stuff they may i don't i don't know how they're going to find that stuff up but to, to what you know mark said a lot of times those public meetings become you know a group of contingent of people are there and really pushing a cause more than anything else 
So uh, it's the eating of the elephant analogy, you know, where the person for the trunk thinks it's a snake, you know, blindfolded, that kind of thing. So if you look at any one piece of this, it could be misleading in the sense that that may not be what they're really hearing. I know Amanda interviewed 30 different stakeholders. So what they got on their boards versus what she's hearing directly. And then they also visited and they were at the open house. So I think that's, a, I think John articulated this is gathering a lot of information. So to think any one piece of it is singularly going to be informative is, is um, not a great perspective. The same way the next time they respond is when they see the recommendations. Right. And uh, I'm sure that my son is what he says. And for that, I believe the quarter were included. Um, also, sign up on you know, for Zoom. And so we'll have a recorded that we can put out for the public's consumption as well. So, you know. So they'll start the meeting with a presentation and for that we've made it available on Zoom. Yeah. We have somebody with a, a visual impairment, so I'll make sure that they can access the meeting. So it'll be imperfect, but we'll yes. do our best. We'll do our best. Yeah. But again, it's about that transparency. We do try to provide that. Mm -hmm. We probably, you know, Looking at it in hindsight, we probably should have looked at some kind of element from the first meeting, but at that point, we were really trying to get the ball moving down the road there. So, okay, how about we move on? Um, we're still doing the comments from the board, right? Correct. Okay. So, should I do an update then on the grant and the final meeting that we had in regards to the bike lane and stuff and kind of explain what went down before the city commission meeting? Yeah. Or, yeah? yeah. Okay. So, no, that should be me or you. I wasn't sure. So, yeah. So, last Monday, we had our final meeting to vote on pushing forward the grant uh, to work on basically the river and the design that's been being created with the big grant we're hoping to get from the government. Um, the one big change uh, that we learned in the process was that the bike trail going along the river line towards Barsock Dam cannot happen uh, because there's some wires and for Bowersock Dam to be able to, they have to have this machine that moves basically to repair. I say what committee you're talking to us oh, um, What was that called? I don't even know. Yeah, the steering committee. I was on the steering committee for yeah. the downtown Lawrence Lewis. Several months ago, we asked for somebody to serve. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we that had to basically was determined it was not allowed. And so they've now had to go back and kind of change some of that. So the loop will not go underneath. And they've got a little more work to do on that. And then there's only the they were trying to decide upstream or downstream for the connecting bridge and there was some people opposing opinions on it mm -hmm. um but it did pass i believe eight to two the, the bridge will be upstream because that connects closer to how to get to the pool the library in the downtown because this grant is for uh, basically, you know, making sure it ties into equity and finance, you know, the financial, you know, how we can get to the heart of the city and things like that. And so it did pass, it did not pass unanimously. Uh, so now I know it's the city commission and then it will get submitted. So, sorry, that's the pedestrian bridge you're talking about? Yeah, yeah the pedestrian bicycle so, bridge. Bicycles, yeah. yeah, because the currently, you it's know, on the west side. Yeah, it will be on the yeah. west side, so upstream. Yes. Yeah. So, because, you know, and a lot of people ask about that, why can't we just use the, what we already have, right. but that, they're not ADA compliant. Right. And so this new one that's being built will be accessible for all. So, so, 
some of these ideas are kind of getting creamed on social media. I don't know if you've been following that, but um, <clears throat> what I've heard is the people of North Lawrence saying they'd like to have a downstream pedestrian bridge. And I'm wondering, does Bowersock control like half a mile or what? Mm -hmm. No. Because of course, you know, the Camden of Beginnings is, is there right now, but you know, there's a lot of negative comment about bringing it into a place where nobody lives permanently, a part of North Lawrence. Um, whereas the people who live in North Lawrence would appreciate having a pedestrian bridge downstream. So, more into the neighborhoods than into the Yeah, so I, I would, I'm, I'm just sort of confused yeah. about how that happened. So and I was not I at okay. I was not at the December meeting because I was driving in a snowstorm back home, okay. so I missed the mid meeting. But what was determined there that it was voted on that it would be leaning towards the upstream, not the downstream, and, and I believe that the majority of the members, including the North Lawrence rep, voted for the upstream one. Also, uh, the issue with the downstream one that uh, why I, as an individual, well, I understood why it wouldn't be possible is because when that bridge would happen, you hit the levee, and well, what is the levee? it is gravel. That's not ADA compliant in any way, shape, or form. And so they would have to be able to bring concrete from the bridge or wherever you're coming off all the way up. And if you know where they want it to happen from New York to the park in North Lawrence, that's like a quarter of a mile. And so I said, the reason I was like, though that doesn't seem plausible is because it's not ADA compliant. And the whole point of this is to allow for accessibility for all for our community. And so upstream one, the one on the west side, has that ability to do that, that there's only a small amount of concrete that would have to be basically poured versus a quarter of a mile on the levee. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where, again, it's a grant, timing is everything, you know. This is where you go with it. Are you going to add anything? Sure. Um, so it's been a process, and obviously this is the most difficult section of Lawrence Loop by far. We've been studying it since 2017. Multiple versions have been floated. Um, the thing that went to public was, and I think maybe you attended, so it had four different bridge options. Boom, 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 boom. Through public process, it got narrowed down, and then the steering committee was asked, "Which one do you want?" So that was the first steering committee meeting. So after their discussions, they eliminated the, the one downstream because they felt it basically did it into the back of the, the old mall building, and then didn't really achieve anything on the other side of the river. So they went with the one upstream, which connected to downtown and also potential future development on Florence. So they went there, you know, they, they eliminated the one that was, you know, basically going over the, the dam and the connectivity over the dam. So when the the Bowersock scenario came up where basically found that we weren't able to cross over the dam, that changed quite a bit of the planning. So the, the upstream one's still very viable. The Seventh Street, you know, I call it the upper one. So we're we're going down Seventh Street, going through downtown, coming behind City Hall, connecting, flying over, and getting down to the trail is still viable. So there's two options that are really viable. Um, 
Is there a perfect one? Absolutely not. So I don't love the 7th Street one. It's not perfect because we're crossing a lot of driveways and roads, but it still is functional. It's really tight getting around City Hall and under those two bridges and then creating some type of flyover that gets us over the railroad. That's difficult. There, you know, we've literally studied this since 2017, and honestly, it was 10 years before that. So I think what we need to talk about, and we'll see what the city commission has to do with it, is this a plan that we can submit grant funding for, knowing that we still have to do construction documents, knowing that we still have to look at it in closer detail. If, if $21 million is available, is this close to buy it? You know, the, the people that are complaining is I want this one instead of that one. Well, it, basically, we're saying there's a $10 million bridge, and this far, so far, this is where we think it should go. You know, the, the helix thing, you know, that needs to be looked at engineering-wise. Is that structurally buildable? The flyover that goes over the railroad, is that structurally buildable? We have to get permission from the railroad. Much, much work still to do. We're at a point where we have a couple of weeks to submit a grant. After that, we don't know if their grant funding is going to be available for future years. There's some people saying, well, hey, wait, you need to look at it longer. That's all you know we've looked at for over five years. So it's not changing. It's just a matter of we need to pick around. So I, I feel pretty comfortable going forward to the city commission. And it's either a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And you know, if, if they're not comfortable enough to go with it, great. Then we'll just stop and, and try to get grant opportunity later. So we'll see how that goes. Is, is there any way to connect the 2% for art with these proposals? I mean, this, this is going to be such a, what, unique for us, right? I mean, it's yeah. one of a kind. And if we could really, you know, make it so that it's really an attraction as well as functional, it becomes an attraction. Yeah, and the project funding proposal for incorporating arts and culture into the design. So nothing's been structurally designed yet, but we know a bridge across the river isn't really $10 million. It, it can be, we can build it cheaper, but we're adding money in there to make it a little more of a, an attraction. You might want to have, yeah. you might have, you know, we don't know what the rails look like. We don't know a lot of that stuff. So in the project proposal, all of those things are considered to take it kind of next level. So it's not just, you know, I mean, you, you see what other cities have done, and it just blows you away. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's like, whoa. Council Bluffs to Omaha's that gorgeous. Really? Pedestrian bridge that is in, I mean, as soon as they opened it, it just, and it, Council Bluffs needed it because they were sort of the dying city, and it's really, and they pumped a lot of public art money into Council Bluffs. So you're spot on. Mm -hmm. That's we need to explore Lawrence to get involved. <laughs> I just wonder if the the biker or bikers are no cyclists. Bikers are. Is that double helix doable on a bike? <laughs> okay, it's a, they have low enough. They have <laughs> yeah, it's there. They have to be pretty big, really big. They yeah. can accommodate the width and everything, and and also the ADA angle, yeah. right? So all that has to be considered. To Mark's point, that's an engineering project too. Okay. There going to be room for skaters. Okay. <laughs> 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 
Okay, guys, let's move on. Uh, let's... I, I got one more. Okay, go on. Um, the Broken Arrow Park enclosed shelter. Hmm? Is it finished? It's pretty close. We're still working on the interior kitchen, and then we just set the bathroom in, restroom in two weeks ago. So we still need to finish around that. And is it going to be heated and air conditioned? That's the eventual. So that was something that was uh, a budget cut. Uh, the, the, the original plan called for heat and air conditioning, but that was another $150,000 we didn't have. So we went in and did the structure. We're building a kitchen inside. We ran sewer and water over to it. So that's a huge improvement. The rest are going to be heated. So we have capacity to go year round. Right. I'm hoping this year we can put heat and air conditioning in. We'll see. Okay. But yeah, we went. We did step by step, and that got cut on our budgets. Right. It's gonna be. It's really cool if you haven't been in it or if you haven't seen it. It gives it a whole different mindset. And then you know we moved the playground, moved it further away from the shelter. So we hope to do some exterior landscaping too, to maybe extend the east patio out further, put some tables out there, new grills. So. I think there's going to be a lot of demand. Oh, it's going to be huge, yeah. especially if we can get it to where we can heat it. Yeah. Because, right. you know, that, that early spring season, you know, if you're in March, it's it's not really yeah. doable, or even in October. Right. It's still really nice outside, but you don't want to bet on the weather, so. Thank you. Um, the skate park ribbon cutting, do you have a hard date on that yet? No, we're trying to play with the weather a little bit. Right. So. Uh -huh. Yeah, Lawrence Skate Association and the Skate Shop River. I want to do an event like in combination with the City of Lawrence. Uh, so, who, who's the one I need to? What? With? Who do I need to talk with? You can talk, you can talk to me. Okay. I'll, and I'll okay. communicate with everybody. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Hey. What time of day do you think would be best for that? I mean, probably uh, early afternoon. Uh, like 2, 2 p.m. probably, something like that. Okay. I didn't know if we'd have kids there or not, or do we need to worry about school schedules or... Oh, maybe. Uh, it depends if you wanted to do it on the weekend or weekday. Oh, good point. Okay. Could have someone demo the, the bird ramp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we did a weekday, maybe 4 three or 5 or something. Yeah, probably. Okay. It would still give us enough sunlight. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Let's see, uh, arts and culture update. I think we covered everything that I wanted to cover tonight. Okay. Uh, Roger, do you have anything more? Um, well, I, the activity, the summer camp registration has started today. I know that she'll probably mention that, but um, the collateral and everything's up online. People can view that and see what's available. Um, and then we're planning lots of events, a lot of outside people are doing events in parks that we're already lining up stuff. Juneteenth is one of them that's already kind of getting their stuff together. A lot of fun runs, um, some parades. And so we've got quite a, I, I just see this thing expanding and growing. Um, and we're down a person right now and then uh, part-time help. We're <laughs> two part-timers joining us next week uh, to replace the two that we've had, we've lost for a while. So anyway, uh, lots of things going on. Yeah, I was at the sports complex this weekend, 
I couldn't find a parking space. Oh, that's typical. <laughs> that was unbelievable. You know, I go, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it'll work out when you're running from the building. <laughs> John, I know you like to move through these meetings quickly, but um, I just went through a round of uh, enrolling for some classes, you know, and some people come down to the community building at eight o'clock, you know, because you have to get right in or you get, so do we have capacity for more? Is that just a good problem that we have that our classes fill up so quickly that yeah, it comes down to, I think, space and, and instructors and, and that sort of thing. So our our staff is always kind of running into a fighting over this room and that room, and it's always like a puzzle, a puzzle piece. It is a great problem to have, but, I mean, we're continuing to look at ways that we can expand, but sometimes that's the availability of the instructor as well. So if it's a specific class type where we have just, you know, that one instructor, they may only be available certain times or days, but, um, you know, I think just continue to, to talk to the supervisors if there are classes that continue to fill up please let them know that um, you know you're you're waiting yeah, they're interested so, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah or feel free to pass that on to me and we can always take a look and see you know if there's <laughs> something that we can expand but yeah it's it, Sounds it's like obviously it at the children's level as well as a senior level, yeah so. yeah definitely yeah. Yeah. So, it was so we need another sports or uh, <laughs> To build. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we need yeah. another <laughs> facility and more staff. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, Lindsay, I think Mark's next on the. Mark? You want to do? Uh, just a quick highlight: downtown lights, so we keep them up through Valentine's Day. So it's Wednesday. Mm -hmm. They worked out really nicely for the Chiefs the other day. I don't know. Oh yeah, that was a downtown. Yeah, yeah, because of the lights, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the lights will stay on until Thursday, and then we'll start taking the downtown down. We've taken a lot of the perimeters down. Um, we may leave the red ones up and take the white ones down just in case KU gets into a Final Four run. Last, I don't know if you remember, we did red and blue down there for a couple times. So. And we still have the green ones in the mid, mid block so we can do St. Patrick's Day. So, oh, so it's so technically it was the, the 49ers. I mean, really? Is that what you saw? That's what it looks like. Blasted through the map. Yeah. Anyway, so that, that'll be happening here next week, but that's all I need to hide here. Yeah, I went down there last night. It did? Yeah. The sound like it was quite a crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah it, was, it was like the Final Four. You mentioned it. Silly. Yeah. yeah, it was a miniature like practice for the Final Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people down there, that was fun. It's okay, now I can go. Um, just again, we've already discussed the comprehensive plan update, but um, just a reminder again that the next open house is February 22nd at 5.30 p.m. at Holcomb Recreation Center. So uh, definitely want to encourage everyone to attend that. And then again, tune into the City Commission meeting on March 19th um, if you want to see the ETC survey results. Um, in addition to everything else we've already discussed, um, just a quick update on the director recruitment. Um, I don't have too much to update on that, but they are in the middle of interviews right now. So um, it's been uh, passed on from the recruiter, has passed on their top candidates, and um, now the city is scheduling interviews. Uh, I think they're gonna take place at the end of February. So things are moving along. Um, I know last month I reported that, uh, I spoke with our HR director and um, she had confirmed that the advisory board one or two members will be included as part of the process. I just don't know what that is yet. 
Uh, so we're kind of waiting, I think, once they get the, the next round of interviews set, and, um, as we get a little bit closer, uh, we'll find out how that's going to look and um, what the panel and uh, interview you know, schedule will look like. And that is all that I have. Okay, um, let's see. Um, any final, final thoughts, um, final issues? Okay, then I think we can wrap it up. Huh? It's a movement, movement, movement. Motion to adjourn. That's Sam Thomas and the Jen meeting. Yeah. Second, Marilyn Hall. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay, thank you all very much. And welcome. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. Well, I was going to say, thank you. 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 Thank you